0: I want to talk about the tribes of Israel, and I'm going to only talk about half of them today, um, and I'll talk about the rest of them in a few weeks, but the priest, and can we put up, Mike, can we put up that, um, we call this message the Stones of Righteousness, when God gave instructions to Moses on how to set up the tabernacle, the Mishkan in the wilderness, gave all the instructions. And then the first thing that he spoke about and gave instructions for after the setting up of the physical Mishkan was the, um, the, the clothing of the high priest. Are we able to get that up there? And one of the most significant items of clothing for that high priest was this breastplate of righteousness or the breastplate of judgment called a hes- Heshon that he wore every time. Yeah, there's a picture of it right here. And probably doesn't, this picture probably doesn't even do justice. But you notice on his breastplate are 12 precious stones set in order. But you can't see it very well, but on his epaulets, on the shoulder, there's also six stones on each shoulder pad, every shoulder. What do you call that? Epaulet. That's a military term. Um, So every time that he would come into the Holy of Holies, the tribes of Israel, the tribes of Jacob were on his heart as he came into the presence of the Lord. But not only that, God looked at, and all he saw was those precious stones representing the tribes on his shoulder. So the high priest carried the tribes, not only in his heart, but on his shoulder. And I want you to just picture as the high priest because Yeshua is our high priest. And through him, we have access to the Holy of Holies. And every time he... When he goes in there, he carries us on his heart and on his shoulders. See, the high priest could not enter the Holy of Holies without that breastplate. He had to have that on. And I believe in a, in a way, we have to have those stones on our breastplate of righteousness as we go before the Lord. And so I want to talk about the tribes. And and because we're in a transition time here, we've been talking about covenant. We're going to continue talking about covenant today. We enter into that same covenant that God made with Abraham. And so we see that covenant was, was, was cut with Abraham, affirmed again with Isaac, affirmed again with Yaakov, who became Israel. And now we're seeing a further um, transition in this covenant as Jacob, Yaakov, Israel, blesses his sons who become the heads of the patriarchs of the tribes. And so we started reading this a few weeks ago, and Jacob calls his son together. But you've got to remember this, okay? We're talking about the tribes of Israel. We're also talking about the sons of a man named Jacob. And we know a little bit about... We actually know quite a bit about this family. It was a messed up family. There was issues there. There was all kinds of jealousies and envies and strife. And they tried to murder one. You know, they were always trying to, you know, to to finagle one another. So does that sound like any family here? I mean, you know, we all come from these wonderful, blessed families. I'm sure we can't identify with this family. And yet God... Blesses Jacob and blesses each one of these tribes and calls out, redeems. He redeems these characteristics that we're going to read about in these tribes. So I want to read in um, verses 1 through 15 of Genesis chapter 49. Jacob called his sons and said to them, gather together so that I can tell you what will happen to you in the last days. This is pretty significant. He's gathering them together, which is something that was probably hard to do because they were all doing their own stuff. He says, I'm going to tell you things that are going to happen in the last days. Be assembled and listen. So he says, I'm going to tell you, but he says, I want you to listen. I want you to shema. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Be assembled and listen, sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father. Reuven, my firstborn are you, my vigor and firstborn of my power, endowed with extra dignity, endowed with extra strength, like water boiling over. You will not have extra, for you got up into your father's bed when you defiled a a maid's couch. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Simeon, Shimon. And Levi are brothers. Instruments of violence are their knives. In their secret counsel may my soul not enter. In their contingent may my honor never be united. You might say, well, where's the blessing in this? We'll get there. For in their anger they slew men. And in their self-will they maimed oxen. Cursed be their anger. Notice it says, cursed be their anger. Not them. Cursed be their anger. For it was strong in their rage, for it was cruel. I will disperse them in Jacob. I will scatter them in Israel. Judah, so you are, your brothers will praise you. So, Judah, so you are, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on your enemy's neck. Your father's sons will bow down to you. A lion's cub is Judah. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He crouches like. Lies down like a lion or like a lioness who would rouse him. The scepter will not pass from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he to whom it belongs will come. And we know what we're talking about right there. To him will be the obedience of the peoples, binding his foal to the vine, his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washes his garments in wine and in the blood of grapes his robes. His eyes are darker than wine and teeth that are whiter than milk. Zebulun will dwell by the seashore and be by a harbor for ships. He His distant, his distant border reaches Sidon. Ishakar is a strong-boned donkey lying down between two saddlebags. He saw that a resting place was good and that the land was pleasant. He leaned his shoulder to bear a burden and became a forced laborer. We're going to stop there for now. We're going to look at these, these, these um, first six tribes, sons that Jacob blesses. How many have ever studied these tribes and where their names come from? And, and it, there's just a lot there. There's a lot just in their name. And we need to look at that, too. And God has given each of us a name, too. You might think your mother named you your father named you. I don't know. I've got a name that, that, that my parents gave me, and it's, and it's a good And I didn't like my name for a long time, you know. But actually, my Hebrew name is Shlomo. comes from Solomon. Shlomo. And it's also the root of peace, okay? The, it's the root for uh, Shalom, Shlomo but every one of us has a name, a special name to God. And sometimes God has even given you a special name. I know he's also given me another name and it's just between the Lord and I, but sometimes he's given us that name and, and it's meaningful and he wants us to reflect on that. But let's look in uh, verses three and four. Go back to Reuben. Reuven. My firstborn are you, my vigor and and firstborn of my power, endowed with extra dignity. If you stop right, stop right there. You say, "Man, this is a great blessing." But then he goes on and he says, "Endowed with extra strength, like water boiling over, you will not have extra." You go, "Oh, for you got into your father's bed when you defiled a maid's couch." So Jacob, I mean Reuben, was was Jacob and Leah's firstborn son. So it's the strength, it's his dignity, okay? And the word Reuben actually means behold a son. Behold a son. But it goes on to say that he's unstable as water, water boiling over. That's pretty unstable. And mentioned in there, he slept with his father, his father's concubine, Bilhah. And he forfeited that. When he did that, he forfeited the firstborn rights, as we'll see later on, because he is the firstborn. But he forfeited those rights. But there's also a very interesting history with Reuben. He stopped his brothers from killing Joseph. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to just do away with him. And it was Reuben who actually stopped them from killing him. But he but he went along with the evil plan to sell him into slavery. So you see, there's an unstable, unstableness about Reuben. He was willing to offer, but this is an amazing thing. Later on, as they go into Egypt, he's willing to offer his own sons in case something happened to ben, Benjamin. So he's willing to offer his own sons if something was to happen to Benjamin. So, the redemptive plan, and I want to In all of these, we look at the redemptive plan that God has a great potential for Reuben. Behold a son. But there's instability. And this speaks to some of us. It speaks to me. Sometimes instability can negate God's intended blessings for you. So God is in speaking to us through the name of Reuben, through this firstborn son. Be bold with our faith. Be bold in our faith without doubt. Walk in things without doubt. Don't be unstable. Don't be like the the waves being tossed to and fro. Grow in our faith. Go forward with what God speaks to you without doubt. That's the redemption in Reuben. And then he goes on to speak about Simeon and Levi. It's interesting because he kind of combines these two, these two tribes in verses 5 through 7. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Instruments of violence are their knives. In their secret counsel, may my soul not enter. Again, this is like, whoa, where's the blessing here? We'll see. In their contingent, contingent may my honor never be united, for in their anger they slew men, and in their self willed, in their self will they maimed oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it was strong, and their rage for it was cruel. I will disperse them in Jacob, I will scatter them in Israel. Let's look at Simeon first, Shimon. Shimon, that word, that name means to hear. That's where we get the root Shema. To hear this is the second son of Leah and Jacob they were implementers of violence you remember when they entered into a covenant with a tribe and when they were and then they circumcised the other tribe they they, they got them all the men circumcised and then when they were still healing from their from their circumcisions, It was Simeon and Levi who went in and massacred them. So there's violence there. They broke covenant. And this is an interesting thing is violence is linked with broken covenant. But there is a redemptive plan in these sons. And we see with this with Simeon. The redemptive plan. His name means hear, Shema, to hear. The redemptive plan is God wants us to look at our lives, as he did with with Simeon, to break the patterns of behavior in your life. Deal with the source of the violence. If somebody here, if we struggle with violence, if we struggle with anger, rage, deal with those. Ask the Lord to come into those areas to heal us before it destroys you. See, hear what God is saying because that is the name given to Simeon, to hear. And the redemption is for each of us is God wants us to hear what he is saying and to do it. So that is the name of of Simeon. And then Levi, he talks about in the same time with with, um, Simeon. Levi means to join, to join. He joined with Simeon in the massacre of the men of Shechem. But there's a redemptive plan also. See, they were partners in crime together. But there's a redemptive plan. Who is Levi? Think about, who's Levi? The priesthood. God gave the priesthood to the sons of Levi. Interesting. See, when walking in that role of the priest. And I think all of us have that role as an intercessor because that's what a priest is between God and man is when we're walking in that redemption that God brings, we become a mediator between the things of God and man. Just like Levi was the mediator between the things of God and the people of Israel. The redemption is to join as a covenant partner, because that's what the name Levi means, to join. To join as a covenant partner in God's purposes. You see, we are in covenant with God through Yeshua in his blood. We've entered into the Abrahamic covenant through that too. That's the truth of the matter. But we have to join ourselves to that. We have to agree. It's like what Joyce was sharing. There's blessings and there are curses. There's blessings. God says, when you do these things that I'm asking you to do, you will be blessed wherever you go. But God wants us to enter in, to join with him, to partner with him. And that is the redemption of the tribe of Levi, is that we would join with him in his covenantal purposes. And then we get into, and I love this, is the, of Judah. We're talking about the tribe of Judah. We see up here in this banner, of course, we see the lion. And that's also representative of of Jerusalem, too. Everywhere in Jerusalem is the lion, the lion of Judah. Verse, let me read these verses again, verses 8 through 12. Judah, so you are. Praise, so you are. Your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on your enemy's neck. Your father's sons will bow down to you. How do you think the other brothers reacted when they heard? Think about this. Now, you know, we, we spiritualize, tend to spiritualize things, you know. These were not done in private. Jacob is there, there blessing and speaking these things over each one of them. They're all hearing these things. And he comes to Judah. Now, Judah is the fourth son of Leba. So he's not even the firstborn. He's the fourth son of, of Leah and and, um, and there's also so these names, credible, the name Judah means this time I will praise the Lord. That's literally what it means because see Leah, see she's married to Jacob, but she knows Jacob's heart is for who? Rachel, okay? And so he was tricked into marrying Leah. And um, she was a lot more able to have children than Rachel. Rachel's womb was barren up to this point. And so she struggled to earn Jacob's favor. And so finally, after four sons, she says, wow, this time I will praise the Lord. Like, in other words, maybe this time he'll give me a little bit of love. Let me read on here. I'm getting kind of, kind of digressing, but it's good. It's fun. He crouches. Let me read on here where it says, um, a lion's cub is Judah. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He crouches, lies down like a lion, or like a lioness. Who would rouse him? The scepter will not pass from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs will come. Who is he talking about? Yeshua. To him will be the obedience of the peoples, binding his foal to the vine, his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washes his garments in wine and in the blood of grapes his robes. His his eyes are darker than wine and teeth that are whiter than milk. So Leah is coming to her fulfillment. Jacob prophesies this over, your brothers will praise you. Your brothers are going to bow before you. You will be over your brothers. And we see in the line of Judah, in the line, not the lion, but the line of Judah, that David descends from Judah, and as does Yeshua. And so we see these, these, especially in verses 10 through 12, it's a prophecy about the Messiah. The promise, the promise of, of a king's mantle, the promise of, of everlasting authority, and to him will be the obedience of all the peoples. It's amazing. And as David, think about what is one of the first things that David is known as. You, you know, think about David and Goliath, right? And David facing this giant Goliath, right? What's his weapon? A slingshot and five stones. And the name of the Lord. That's it. Five stones in the name of the Lord. But I get this picture when I'm thinking about David, who's descended from Judah, as he's facing Goliath because that scepter of authority that was passed down through Judah is in David. And he knew exactly what stone to take out of his sleep to put in that shot to hit that Goliath and to kill him. He knew it. Okay? What was David also known for? Being a shepherd. He was what? A man after God's heart. But he was also a he was a worshiper. He was a praiser. He was a praiser. He was the psalmist. You see, and I there's a picture there too. That redemption part of Judah is when we get the word that we need. We get the strategy that we need in the midst of our praise. If you're looking, and this is what I said today, if you're looking for the next thing to do, what is God speaking to you? Enter into praise and worship. You can go to a friend and say, hey, what do I need to do? You can go to the congregation and say, tell me what my next step is. But just enter into praise and worship. Enter into the name of Yehuda. Praise and worship. And the strategy the word that we need will come out of that place. This is why hell hates to hear us praise. The devil hates to hear us worship. He will do whatever he can to shut our mouths and to stop from worshiping. That's why I believe worship is a key to what God wants to do in our midst and what God is wanting to do on planet earth today. We go to the the, the capital. We don't really have a strategy other than praise him. To praise him and to worship him. And God's going to go before us as we do that. The name Jehuda, Yehuda is also linked to justice and law giving. Justice and law giving. You know... There is a, something that is rising up in the planet Earth right now. It's been around for thousands of years, ever since God set a people apart called the Jewish people. It's called anti-Semitism. And anti-Semitism is on the rise, if you haven't noticed. Anti-Semitism will do everything it can to destroy this portion of that breastplate that has Judah's precious stone in there. To remove that stone because it's linked to praise and worship. And anti-Semitism will come in and try to remove that stone. You see, we know the plans of the enemy, okay? His strategies are, they're nothing new. We know what they are. So when he's trying to silence us, that's why I have a problem and this I'm speaking this out I don't care that's why I have a problem with masks when we come in you know and I'm saying oh yeah they may be healthy and but when I'm when we're coming together I want to be able to praise him without having a covering over my my mouth that's just me personally I'm not making a I'm not telling you what to do or anything like that but I believe that that is a way to silence people from speaking out praises to God so the redemption for the tribe of Judah. And I believe there's a redemptive purpose for all of us is be a praiser, be a worshiper. It's the key to overcoming victoriously. But it's a choice we have to make. We enter into that choice. We make that choice. Redemption is always us coming into an agreement with what God wants to do in us. Amen? All right, Verse 13. Zebulon. The tribe of Zebulon. Wasn't there a explorer named Zebulon Pike, Pike's Peak, okay? So he was a, named after the tribe of Zebulon. He will dwell by the seashore and be by a harbor for ships. His distant border reaches Sidon. The word Zebulon, now first of all, they're out of order as he's blessing these children. If you're following along in the birth and everything, they're out of order, Okay. And it's interesting, again, how do you think, see, this is Zebulon is the sixth son of Leah. How do you think the fifth son felt when he skipped over him? I'm deal, you know, we're dealing about with real people here, okay? This is the sixth son of Leah, and the word Zebulun actually means habitation or dwelling place. Habitation, dwelling place. Again, getting back to Leah. Leah's still struggling to get that love and respect from her husband. And, but, but she's kind of coming into, as you see this by, as she names her children, she's kind of coming into that place of satisfaction, a place of habitation. God, in that word actually, she says, God, in, in, in Genesis 30, verse 20, she says, God has endowed me with a good gift, talking about Zebulon, now my husband will dwell with me. Now my husband's really going to appreciate me. Now my husband's really going to love me. You see, the tribe of of zebulun it's linked with business and merchants and treasures of the sea. It's going to be by a harbor with ships. But there's a redemptive plan for all of us in this tribe of Zebulon, bringing in trade and and righteous business transactions. In other words, there's a business anointing on the tribe of Zebulon. There's a trade, there's a a financial anointing upon those who come out of that that tribe. But I want us to focus on the part where he says, be the habitation." The dwelling place, making God our habitation, our dwelling place. Be content, and this is the redemption for all of us. Be content in making him our habitation and our dwelling place. Abide in him, and he will abide in us. That's what Yeshua says. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. And my Father, I abide in my Father, and my Father abides in me. You abide in me too. Abiding. in me habitation don't just settle for visitation i love the visitations of the holy spirit i don't get me wrong i love that but we need to be in where where we're god i just want to live in you i want to abide in you as we come to sukkot in a couple of weeks that reminds us of that intimacy that we have in habitation the name of zebulon habitation dwelling place Issachar, I think this is the last one we're going to be talking about here today. Um, Let's look at what it says about Zebulun. verses 14 and 15. Issachar, I mean Issachar. Issachar is a strong-boned donkey. How would you like to be called an ass? (laughs) But as I mentioned a few weeks ago, that was actually a donkey. It was a beast of burden, and it was a, a very useful animal at the time. Issachar is a strong-boned donkey lying down between two saddlebags. He saw that a resting place was good. He, I want to emphasize, he saw that a resting place was good and that the land was pleasant. He saw these things. Then he says, he leaned his shoulder to bear a burden and became a forced laborer. So we see Issachar is Leah's fifth son. So now we're back in, okay, he's, this is the fifth son. And this, the term Issachar, the name actually means wages, wages, W-A-G-E-S, wages. It talks about a strong donkey. A strong donkey was worth a lot of money in Israel in those days. It could bear much weight. But it also talks about this, and we read about this also in 2 in Chronicles. We're talking about Issachar being the sons of Issachar filled with insight and the ability to discern what to do. Insight and the ability to discern what to do. Sometimes we see problems, we see circumstances, and we observe it and we make judgments based on that. But Issachar was able to not only see, but to discern the strategy of what to do. And I really believe that what we're in 2020, we have to really redeem that tribal characteristic of Issachar for us. The redemption is that God will show us how to deal with the crises that we're in today. We're not just in one crisis called a pandemic. There are many crises going on in this nation, but also in our families, okay? And when we see these things and we trust in the Lord, he will give us the strategy to do what we need to do in the midst of the crisis. See, today we're called to be the sons of Issachar, not just see an event, but to know what to do. And sometimes you just obey the next thing that God shows you. You don't have a full picture. A matter of fact, most of the time I think you do not have the full picture of what God is speaking to you. You just have the next step. And then what happens, Judith, when you take that next step? He'll show you the next thing. He'll give you revelation. And then, and then he'll show you what the next thing is to do. So be a son of Issachar during this season. So let me wrap this together. Worship team, why don't you come on up here? We're going to close a Time of worship, just a a wonderful song in worship. I want us to remember that we are grafted into the tribes. We're grafted into these tribes. It doesn't make you Jewish. We've gone through this before. But we are grafted into the blessings that come upon these tribes through Yeshua. It's our point of contact to the Abrahamic covenant is through these sons of Jacob. It's, we need to allow God to intervene in us to bring his redemptive plans to pass so that his redemption, his redemptive plans work through us. But just like Abraham, God made covenant with Abraham But God used, what's his name, Job, to intervene in Abraham's life. You think, why would you do that? Job does something crazy. And God uses that because God is also not only in in covenant with Abraham, but Abraham's in covenant with Job. And because of covenant, he intervenes. God intervenes in Abraham's life to rescue Job. God is always intervening in our lives to bring redemption. Sometimes he'll put a problem in our life in order to bring that redemption. So we tend to look at problems as, oh man, this is from the enemy. This is from the devil. Or it could be maybe God is allowing this thing to come in your life so that he wants to tweak something. He wants to intervene and do something in your life. Names And I've talked about the names and what they meant. Names are not random. They're given for identity, but also for function. Ask for him to show your name. What does it mean? How do we walk in that in these days? You know, I don't know what Bob means. Okay, I don't know what Bill means. Okay, you know, but but God, I believe... Has given us each a name. I mean, what I mean by I don't know what Bob means. I don't know what Bill means in the in the sense of you know in a in a in a definition. But what I mean is that God has given each of us an identity. It's not just so that people can identify us as that person, but there's a there's a function that He wants us to walk into, and that needs to be redeemed. It needs to be redeemed. And while we're in the process of saying, God, what is it that you're calling me to do? Don't lose expectancy of what he wants to do in you. I was just talking with somebody this morning, and it's been a hard time. They've been going through a hard time, and, and, and the enemy kind of whispers things, or not even whispers, yells things at you, brings up the past. And it wears you down. We were talking about that a few weeks ago. You get worn down. And in that wearing down process, you lose an expectancy of what God wants to do in you. Remember, the enemy wants to wear us down. He wants to remove hope. He wants to remove expectancy. You ever been praying and praying and praying for a long time about a specific thing? And then you you hear about something You've been praying for that person, and then they do something really stupid, and you say, "Like I'm done with praying for them. What's the use?" You ever? Anybody identify that? That's when you have to press in even more. Press into those things. Don't give up. Yeshua is is our high priest. He has us on His heart. And on his shoulders when he's before the Father. Be bold and confident. Would you stand with me? He is standing before the Father with us on his heart. He's carrying us on his shoulders, just like that picture of the high priest. Heard this this morning, and I thought this is awesome faith is a vital component component in moving from chaos to peace faith is a vital component component sorry, component in moving from chaos to peace father in the name of yeshua i thank you lord that you're living in our hearts lord and You've given us Yourself. and We're in covenant with You. And Lord, You give us shalom. You give us peace. You give us Your faith that's living in us, Father. And Lord, the world may be in chaos, but we can be in peace in the midst of the chaos all around us because we trust in You. And Lord, and I pray that as we're in this season of saying, God, search my heart, God, bring me into that place of intimacy with you. And we're in that season. Ask that the Lord would show you what you're to be doing. Be a son, a daughter of Issachar at this point, at this time. That God would show you what you are to do. You see, you have a calling on your life. You have a destiny that God has put in there since the be- before the foundations of the world. The enemy's been trying to steal that from you your whole life. Say enough to the enemy. Father, in the name of Yeshua, we say enough. We resist. We close the door to his lies. We close the door to his attempts, his strategies to discourage and to take hope away. Father, I pray that you would impart the hope that you have for each and every one of us. Lord, that it's these days that I wish I had great news to say, you know what, the worst is over, but I don't. Lord, that we thank you that you are enough for us. You in us is enough for us. You, your grace is sufficient for us in this hour. So Father, I pray for those who are hopeless. Lord, I pray that you would impart hope into them those who have lost expectancy of good things to happen, Lord, I pray that expectancy would come into their lives in Yeshua's name. You are a holy God, and we trust you. Say, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of Israel, Jacob. And Father, thank you that you've grafted us into these tribes, And Father, you are redeeming the characteristics that you want to bring forth in our lives. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for who you are in Yeshua's name. Let's just worship him. And I just want us as a symbol of worship and praise to lift our hands to the holy God of Israel as we worship him. Remember, it's a choice.